0: Hello and welcome back to The Red Sector, a podcast about speedy motorbikes. Today we are going to be doing our quarterly season review and discussing this week's news and gossip, as well as previewing the French Grand Prix. I'm your host, Bruno, who you can follow on Twitter, at bunnogp underscore. I'm joined by my co-host, the creator of The Red Sector, Josh Wilson, who you can follow on Twitter, at Josh. So, without further ado, Josh, how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, uh, very good. Race week, once again. Um... An exciting one coming up as well. I always look forward to Limon. Uh, it depends. If it, if it rains, it's, it's exciting. If it doesn't rain, it's still exciting. It's just a, a good track, all round track. Um, yeah. So that's that's always something to look forward to. And then obviously, we've got the usuals of uh, the fallout of Suzuki still, and you know, kind of the unknown of that and everything, and still trying to get everyone's still trying to get their head around it all. and um, then we've got bombshell or something fairly recent, a fairly new uh I don't know, I don't know if there's something been coined i'm I'm just calling it Tiregate or deflate gate. but i don't I don't know if that'll catch on to be honest, but um yes, yeah, so we've got that to discuss as well,
0: yeah, um that being the biggest news of the week, but yeah it's um it's quite weird me introducing the uh, podcast as anybody that's been listening for. Well, for however long you, this will be the first I've ever done this. So I am filling the shoes of Matt, who unfortunately can't be with us due to work commitments. But he'll be back for the next one. Whilst I shoot off out to Magello, which I, um, I think I'll take that. I don't think I'm really losing out there. Do you know what I mean? But um, mm-hmm. yeah, no. The the biggest news, as we always like to get into the news straight away before we break down anything that we've got further on in the podcast, is the tire gate. If you like, I think that's what most people are calling it on twitter at least is yeah i I tweeted about it earlier and to be honest with you it's something that as much as people maybe newer to the sport like maybe like someone like matt who's been watching the last few years can look at it and be like that's insane how can that just you know go under the carpet it's not the first time that something like this has sort of reared its head and then been slowly just brushed under the carpet um You know, I go back and make a few references to Mark Marquez's Moto2 days where there was a supposed improved ECU. You go back to Rossi's tyres that supposedly were like, you know, shipped in overnight and stuff like that. You've got race like match fixing, essentially, that's been a previous problem, Um, which all that being said, I still don't think that makes it right. And I think that in this day and age, stuff like that should be very, very easily eradicated due to the well, just just the enormity of the sport now compared to where it used to be and the hierarchy, if you like, of Dorna setting such high standards on all fronts. You know, we've gone from, you look at stuff like health and safety matters that have elaborated from when Dorna took over to now, you know, the airbag systems on these guys is insane. So I look at stuff like that and I think, look at where we've come from. You know, that, that there's no, but obviously there's a risk, but there's no, that level of risk, Do you know what I mean? That's not there. That's just a that's just one example of where the sport's gone from where we used to have match fixing and cheating. Uh, it's cheating, let's call it as it is. It is. Um When stuff like this used to happen and you get away with it. I know F1 have done it before where people used to replace like, you know, they, when they couldn't check the fuel after the race, they used to replace it, didn't they? They used to put underneath the amount and then fill it with like, whether it be yeah. water or whether it be whatever, to fill that that minimum weight requirement, yep. up it's you know you wouldn't see that in f one now because of the checks that take place now, what do you think like i me personally, I look at f one as a great example of they are so strict on when these cars finish, they line them all up in in Pit Lane and say they're not going anywhere till x y and Z's been checked, and then the race gets declared two hours later've yep everything's cool everything's been cleared, you know, they weigh them after the race. And I I know these sorts of things do take place in GP, but you don't see it as well documented and as clear to the fans, as I would say, this is happening. And clearly, thanks to Matt Oxley, who is a, you know, consistently great journalist in Paddock, he supplied us with the spreadsheet, which if you go on my Twitter, you'll be able to find it. If you go on most people's Twitter related to MotoGP, you'll find it. Um, Stating that there are a few people that, you know, I've cheated with this, and it's just been forgotten about.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've found it a bit bizarre, to be honest. Um, it, it's the whole gentleman's agreement issue, I guess. Like, what, what does that mean exactly? Um, are we talking, <clears throat> are we talking that everyone in the paddock knows about this? But it's just a, it, it's just kind of something which is like, yeah, uh, well. This is just how it is. Is this between Michelin the individual teams? Like mm-hmm. Michelin's a oh yeah, uh Bagnaya, your 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 front tie was under pressure. Um but for
0: the whole of the we'll race just, pretty much.
1: Yeah, for the whole of the race, but we'll just keep that to ourselves because gentlemen's agreement. How how does it work? And is this something that happens on a well by the sounds of it, I think it's something that happens on a on a uh on a racely basis, shall we say? You know, it, every race, there seems to be at least one person going under the 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 um, minimum tyre pressure. So then it, it it probably just, it seems like it makes a mockery of all. And then you've got to ask, is there any point in having that rule? Uh, if it's not going to be enforced, does it, does it mean anything? Is it a safety feature? Um, are they going to enforce it? You know, is this something more on Michelin shoulders than, say, FIM or MotoGP? It's, there's a lot of questions. This has just thrown up mm. so many questions, and it is quite... Of course, we know, like you've said in the past, people have scared the rules, and didn't Fabio get disqualified one race? Was it for, like, Moto2 or something? I might have read wrong, but... For, like, no, no I don't know
0: about Moto2. Oh, you you could be testing me. I don't remember it off the top of my head for, mm. for tyre infringement, but... um. I think there's been a couple in the past where yeah. they've been under and they've declared them as, you know, known on contest. But yeah. for you, I mean, I've I've stated on Twitter, I think every, like the three people have gone on tyre pressure now. Just state state, um, these are not opinions. These are literal facts, right? That Rins, Pecco and Jorge Martin have all infringed the minimum tyre pressure rule. So me and Josh saying this is not, we think they've been under and maybe they've done it for one lap. What It is literally data showing that Jorge Martin was under it for, I think, was it all but one lap or something or, or nine laps? I can't uh, remember. Well, there was
1: one, there was one who had zero laps. Which, yeah. And I then, think that might be Martin was, who yeah, out. I'm not
0: sure. Yeah. I and then Rins was out for like 11 laps was under as well. Um, but they were the main three. Uh, I remember mid, reading. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Pekka was under it for the whole of the race yeah, and won. The race, yeah. And whether he won or he didn't, me personally, I want to know your opinion. But me personally, I think to to make a statement of this rule because it's a rule and it's you can only have set them out. Like you've just said, is there any point having the rule? So if there is a point having the rule, because they've enforced it, so to speak, they should lose their result. It should be non-contest sort of thing disqualified for those for those three riders. I don't know about you, but I think that. And people might say you're only saying that because it's Fabian. No, 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 not not promote or anything, or you know, go up to first or the people cheating. If you want to make a statement and have rules in place, you have to force justice for it for the riders, because if they don't come on, it could be everyone underneath it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's um. What's the point in having that rule in place if if it's not going to be followed properly, or if it's just going to be, you know? Um, kind of dealt back-handedly. Um, I don't know if this is particular um, kind of manufacturers getting getting special treatment, whether that's Ducati or Honda, I can imagine them are the two that stick to my mind if we're going to be able to get away with it. But at the same time, it seems like if any of them do it, well, they should be um, reprimanded for it. So I, obviously I'm assuming... There's there'll be data there, whereas each lap you'll be able to get an average PSI or 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 a hundred a percent kind of PSI of of the tires pressures for the race, and then that data obviously is being fed to Michelin, who that's being fed to MotoGP or the FIM, who will then check it. Um, but at which, which point in that process does it kind of stop? If you get what I mean, um, mm. it's all a bit confusing at the moment. Like I said before, and also, it, it what what kind of is on my mind as well is if you've got all the information there for the PSIs um, for every rider, and a couple of them have have blatantly kind of broken the rules. So, like I said, Brins, um, Banyaya, uh, who else was it, Martín and things like that. How how was that? How was that managed to kind of? just go under the radar i'm kind of just repeating myself now but i'm probably no, saying no, things I, I in a different way but it's it is confusing it's perplexing how this is it's just come about and obviously it's something within the paddock that some people have not been happy about so mm. it's been kind of whistleblow but yeah i'm finding it kind of difficult to digest a lot same with the Suzuki thing to be honest a lot of hard hard to digest things at the moment with moto gp but yeah it's it is a confusing one personally i think that you could argue with if there's some kind of like again this is another point i don't know if there's like a a margin of error where for a whole race you're allowed one or two laps where you can be below the the pressure limit due to like i don't know due to temperature changes or things like that i don't know if there could be a margin of error like a five or ten percent of the race or something like that but for if you've gone over fifty percent or even higher over ten percent of the race, without with the tyre pressures being under, whether that's front and rear or front or rear, then yeah, you could argue a a quali- race quali- uh, disqualification, definitely, or of the very minimum a uh, a penalty of some sort. Um, yeah,
0: I just don't think a long lap is justifiable for oh, yeah. winning twenty five, yeah. because at the end of the day like you've just said, you go down this pecking order, is what I think you're alluding to, of like, so they get the data in, they have to submit it to Michelin, Michelin have to take it elsewhere, or, you know, put that through the governing body. At what point down the production line does it get to someone that goes, right, I'm the one that deals with this? And what, the, the, the thing that baffles me is, with MotoGP and the regulating, you know, bodies involved, is, you know, whether it be Erta, Dorna, FIM, whoever, is with such little things such as, you know, people being wiped out, it's long lap penalty, it's enforced, it's put in there, it's cleaned up. And I think they've been really good with it. Whether it's been a Mm. bit harsh, people have then come away from it going, well, I won't do that again, like the weaving, remember in Moto3, you know, sorted. But then I look at something like this, which is the absolute peak of the peak in terms of the sport, you know, MotoGP, the winner of the the previous race has infringed rules, and nothing's been said. Now, for me, the second they would have seen that, they should have said, "Hold on, hang on a minute." We're not cla- we're not classifying the race results because we've not checked all the results, which should be the case anyway. They should not declare the race result until, like F one, when they've checked all the right things and they've cleared them. Then you declare it. Not. Declare the race result because of a gentleman's agreement, which basically sounds like to me, Michelin, you can't say A, A, B and C because, well, you're not Dorner. So, you know, keep your mouth shut. And it's taken a journalist to come out and say, this is literal proof, you know, it's an actual data sheet for people to say, hang on a minute, how long has this been going on? And people say, oh, it's been happening for years. It's like, why aren't Dorner seeing that same data to mm-hmm. say, you know, mm-hmm. it, there should be no chain in that link or link in that chain or whatever to say they don't tell them, you know, i don't tell Donna this, a B and C like if they're involved and they're involved within the rules, which every person involved is such as Alpine stars are Dionysia, are, yeah. HGV are of, you have to have a B and C to have your product within this sport. So if you've got, if you have a leather suit company and you want to be in MotoGP, but you don't have an airbag system, you can't be in it. Alright? Cool. So if somebody then goes to, you know, I remember two years ago, I think it was um who was it that had the helmet issue? It wasn't Showy because Dovey went to Showy. I think it was one of the um one of the helmet companies anyway, it infringed the rules on they didn't have x amount of protection or you know coverage of whatever and they banned them they banned they said look you can't carry on so you're going to have to rebrand and go to another brand that's how it should be done now the tires of michelin yeah. infringing rules literally affecting the actual race i know safety is just as important but and now it's like a gray cloud of oh well i guess we'll wait for dawn why we having to sit here to bring it up as a problem before Dorna are sitting out and coming out and going, look, that's not happening, disqualify it. Uh, yeah, and- for weaving, they'll go, no, you're not having that, you're going straight for a penalty. But for, for cheating, actual cheating, weaving is not cheating. Weaving is just infringing the rules, which you could classify as cheating, yes. But in, in terms of the rules of safety, you're putting another rider at risk. You're not cheating, you are putting another rider at risk. But underneath the minimum tire PSI is cheating. That is just fact. So for me, I cannot see a world where you can sit there and go, "Ah, well, gentlemen's agreement." That doesn't make any sense to me I, at all.
1: Yeah, and I'm—I don't know which side of the fence um, this is on, but as in, I don't know which one's worse: the fact that Donna no knew about this and know about this and just don't care, or if Dorna don't, don't know about know. this yeah. because Michelin have been falsifying reports and being like, "Oh well, here's your is your here's your sheet with all the tie pressures on. They're all they're all at minimum or higher, and then they've been keeping the proper one." I think I don't for know which me, one's, uh, which, yeah, I think for me, Dorna don't
0: know. I think Dorna yeah. don't know personally. I, or I, I don't see because if Michelin were to lie. No, like you've just alluded to there. We're not. By the way, we are not saying that they are. We're just. Oh yeah, you know, we're not. we that not. all. Yeah, we're. We're literally just. You know, but um, if they were to lie, then that would be between Donner and Michelin to then sort that out. But they haven't, and Donner would. Do you know what I mean if if Michelin did that, Donner would be saying they're no longer our uh, You know, they're not producing our tires. We'll go back to Bridgestone or whatever. That won't happen. But for me, this gentleman's agreement that's openly you know spoken about seems as though it's you send it to michelin michelin go cheers oh they've cheated but we can't say anything it's like Mm -hmm. yeah what why why can't you say anything because if let's say wp suspension they they're basically made by ktm they're the only bikes that run wp uh, suspension and olin suspension who provide suspension for all the other manufacturers if their data was shared, and W P suspension was infringing rules, you'd like to think that Olin's could go to Dorna and say they're cheating. Do you know what I mean? Them across from us, they're cheating, but with are Michelin. You can't.
1: You can't. Does this? A- that does this add that work? Does this add to an ad- argument of more than one tire manufacturer? Do you think is that something that? No, you, I, to be honest with, say? with you, I think
0: I think if you do that, you avoid the problem. Whereas mm. if you enforce the rule, you address the problem. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I think if you get Bridgestone Bridgestone involved and then, you know, you get Pirelli or whoever involved, all you're doing is making it so that more people don't get other people's data or it's sort of just whistling in the wind. Whereas if you say, you've cheated, you've cheated, you've cheated, no points, no points, no points, people will go, right, I've got to stick to that now then. Not oh, we'll just go to another manufacturer if they start getting on at us. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But I look at, and it's just come into my head for anybody that watches F1, Sebastian Vettel at F, in uh, Hungary last year. It, I don't know if it was the same thing, but it, either way, he. for anyone that doesn't know, he infringed the rule on whether it was minimum weight. I think it was minimum weight in fuel. fuel. Yeah, fuel. yeah, in fuel. And they just said, no, no points taken out of the race. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he'd finished third. He'd got the podium. Great. Oh, amazing. Two hours later, no, he hasn't because he's, he's cheated, you know. Yeah, he's it's it's, it's and, black and white. And, and, and yeah. as, as hard as it was for, you know, anyone that watches F1, I'm sure there's very little people listening to this that despise Sebastian Vettel. He's such a nice guy and everything. I was happy to see him get on the podium. Two hours later, oh, what's this? And I go, he's, he's, you know, is exceeded or, or gone under the amount or whatever. But my first response
1: was, fair enough. Because if somebody behind him hasn't, then that's, that's not in him to, for not to miss out. It, it's black and white. It was the fact that F1, they took a sample of his, of his fuel, and there's got to be a minimum sample level so that they, know yes. that they can test it properly to make yeah. sure it was the amount of the, the right fuel, and there wasn't, a, there wasn't a minimum sample left. So it was basically, well, I'm sorry, it could have been 99% of a, of a jar but if it's not 100%, it's, I'm it's sorry, there's not enough. So, you But that's qualify. what I'm saying earlier. It's yeah. like
0: in, in in F1, it's like if you, if you do X, Y, and Z, you get X, Y, and Z back. In GP, it's like you don't do X, Y, and Z, we'll have a think about it and then yeah. probably forget about it. It's... Which
1: team are you again? Well, yeah, maybe we can. <laughs> that's
0: what I mean. It's that, That's another reason. I know we laugh and joke about the whole Honda thing, but that's why years gone by, they've got away with so, so much that I'm like, I mean, we're past that. It's
1: 2022, how oh, can we watch the
0: sport and it be, well, they've always been nice to us, so we'll let them have A, B and C. It's, it's,
1: it's like the Ferrari of MotoGP, isn't it? It's yeah. the fact that they're so influential and they've been in so long in, in relative terms to the sport that they have a bit more weight and gravitas. Like, if Honda Repsol went, we're getting a bit of a tangent here, but if Honda Repsol went, we don't like this rule in MotoGP, if you don't change it, we're going to quit. The there There's a big chance to change the rule because... It, it's it not was, a big
0: chance. It it would happen. Yeah, it would happen. It's it like Ferrari saying,
1: "We don't like this rule in F one. So if you don't change it, we're going to quit." I mean, it's most likely just saber rattling. But can you imagine MotoGP or F one being like, "Oh God, our biggest kind of sponsor or our biggest kind of flag flyer in terms of brand and and what is associated leaves." You know, it's it's if you have a lot of influence, unfortunately, you can get away with a lot more things. And
0: it, yeah, it, for me. No team or anything is bigger than the sport and all that argument. I, I respect it. It's like player power in football when they turn around and say, Well, I'm not training next week, you should not X, Y, and Where That's where the likes of or and everybody should say, Well, all right, then, tough. These are our rules. We're sticking to them. So that people go, exactly. All right, we'll have to stick to it. Because Honda can come out and say that, but Honda also do know how many fingers they've got in the pie to say, we would be quite stupid to pull out of it. I know they can afford yeah, exactly. it, Honda, yeah, like, but yeah. but on ter- in terms of their branding, their marketing, their you know their European scene, it's the biggest. So for them to do that, it'd be stupid for them. But they do it based on the threat of we're the biggest, you know, we're, we're the big bully in the in the group. But I don't care if it's Yamaha, Honda, KTM, whoever. If you are under a set amount or over a set amount, and there's a rule there, you should be penalised. And if it's something like that, whether it's fuel, tyres, rev limiter or whatever, you should lose your points. You should be disqualified and that should be that. Because that is a rule set in place that they get sent to them at the start of the year to say, there's your rule book. You know, like Gino Boy saw when he went, you remember when he went up with uh, Izan Guevara to say about the red flag yeah. and he followed them, you know, it's the same principle of they're the rules. Now it's up to you, the team, to make your bike within those rules. Not for the the, the governing body to say, ah, yes, all right, we'll leave that. Like honestly, if they if they don't penalise those three riders, Rins, Martin and Pecco, for this race, then for me, get rid of the rule. Something's got to give. It.
1: Yeah, something's got to give. In all honesty, I can, see, I can see them all being let off the hook simply because of the arrangement which was in place at the time of the incident. For me, not that I agree with it, but I could maybe think of the fact that, well, all the teams that, that broke the rule could be like, well, it, it was a gentleman's agreement. Everyone knows about this agreement. So why are we suddenly getting punished for it? But for going forward, yes, 100% uh, do going don't, forward, yeah. but going forward from, from Limon onwards, anyone who's under that Anyone, it's it's got to be some kind of fine or or punishment or disqualification. Again, but for I me, I th-
0: I think you've got to penalise them for Hareth. I just do because I think if you penalise them going forward, people are aware of it. Whereas if you penalise them for Hareth, you go, that's what will happen. You know, you set an example. Yeah, you set, say, set
1: an example. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah,
0: I think that. Well, anyways.
1: I mean, it's gonna be a busy weekend for MotoGP. Isn't it. <laughs> you have got Suzuki fallout. You've got <laughs> Tiger. I mean. Something's going to have to give. I don't. I mean, Dorna. We all know they can come out with a statement pretty quick. We saw it was with Suzuki within like twenty-four hours or something. A statement out like that, and it was a pretty commanding statement. Let's see how long it takes them to come out with a statement for this, because I have a feeling it'll be longer than twenty-four hours. So I do mean, I. It's nearly twenty. What, is it nearly? No, it isn't. It's like I, don't, I can't remember. Uh, when broke it's been
0: it. hasn't yeah, it? we're, today, yeah, Shaz. Yeah, we're of recording uh, this Tuesday. on. Is it Tuesday? Tuesday. I've, I've lost yeah. track. University yeah, maybe lose track of all days. <laughs> it's, um, it's
1: Tuesday. So I have a, I don't know, hopefully I'm wrong, but I have a sneak suspicion it's going to take Donna a lot more, uh, a lot more than 24 hours to reply because it's not going to be as cut as dry as right Suzuki. You signed a contract. You are staying. This is our statement. This is going to be like, mm. right, where do we actually stand on this? What are we saying? How are we, we going to try Ducati. and minimize the impact? Yeah, yeah. you're going to have
0: Ducati saying, Hang got a minute. Look how much money we're throwing it. It should be yeah. shit about your money. Rules are rules, but hey, yo, we'll see. We'll see. We can go round and round on it, but you know, mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting one. But I think we've kind of gone over that. That is basically the only news that's happened. You know, we, anybody listening to this that does know any more news, feel free to tell us on Twitter. Because as far as I'm concerned, I don't think there's anything we haven't covered that's sort of a standout thing, um, other than transfer talk and whatnot. But that's that's. I said you can't never escape yeah, transfer and season. That's, not always, going that's yeah. always going on. Yeah. Um, so, what we're going to do, which is the main purpose of this podcast, is we're going to be doing a quarterly review. So we're we're about I don't know if it is exactly a quarter in, but we thought we'd use this opportunity to do what we've done before and grade each rider based on their their results for this season. So, of course, we've had six races so far. We've had Qatar, Indonesia, Argentina, America, Portimao, and Areth. Um, So we'll start from the bottom and go up. We'll be grading these American English sort of way, you know, A plus, A star, whatever you want to call it. Um, probably do the American way just because you can kind of find a bit of a medium like an, an A minus mm. or a B plus. But, you know, they always have to make things more complicated. We know that. Um Uh, i think most of our listeners are american to be
1: fair so
0: yeah yeah but they they probably if if you're an american listener still watch listening to this a i respect that because matt is probably your biggest draw to come and listen to it because you can't stand us and if you are still listening to this you're probably used to the american abuse and british abuse vice versa anyway so you know um all jokes aside you know I, i i respect i respect americans anyway for the most part um so we're not going to do any um part-time riders so we're not going to cover like stefan Bradl or savadori we are just going to be doing full-time riders which is easier at this point of the season because we've only had stefan Bradl and savadori as um replacement riders so that being said starting off at the bottom and i think it's always hard and very harsh to sort of grade rookie and spend days today's field when you've got such a high level and I, I genuinely think that every time i hear i think as long as i've been alive i've heard every year it be MotoGP and f1 and football or whatever it's never been so competitive but i do genuinely think that it's never been as competitive as what it is now um mm. but starting off we have fabio digi antonio who has a race result uh well race results of 17th in qatar and then commencing forward is 17th 18th retired uh, retired 21st Retired an 18th. So, again, no points finished yet for Fabio. Um, he is on a Ducati fighting seven other Ducatis, as everybody is fighting, you know, the eight Ducatis if you're not on one. But, um, yeah, thoughts, Josh, on Fabio, obviously rookie?
1: Um, yeah, so I think you can't be too harsh on him. I think, like I said, it's very competitive rookie season. Um, I think we knew when Grassini announced a Bringing a team to MotoGP, it was it was kind of obvious that Digi would be one of the riders. Um, so I think his his place was never in doubt. In terms of you know does he does he deserve to be a MotoGP? I think you know in terms of what he's done for Grassini Racing or you know kind of uh, how long he's been with them, um, then it does make sense, I guess, in that in that respect. But. Uh, it's a tough one really uh, again doing these quarter quarterly reviews you don't have much of a a, yeah. a, a kind of sample to go off um but i guess at the moment he's not really he's not scored any points has he had any good qualifying appearance um, has he, had a, is he is is there anything stand out from him because i can't really think of anything I seem all. to
0: remember him teetering near to the top of q1 in one of the races but i can't remember what it was he's Mm -hmm. not advanced to q2 in one of the sessions yet as far as i'm aware um but yeah he's two retirement and four race finishes and all in the points so i think again it's it's very early days and it's rookie so at this point as a rookie you're literally still learning how to ride the bike whereas you look at Jack Miller, for example. He's not learning how to ride the bike. He might be learning bits, but he's not, you know, he's not gone from category to category this year. So I think it'd be fair to give Digi a D. I think an E would be if you've had an absolutely disastrous season. I think D is like you're you're underperforming, but you're not doing atrociously. And I think Digi will probably say that. I think he would be saying he's underperforming and he's not quite where he needs to be.
1: Yeah, I'd go with a maybe a an E minus.
0: I'd say. Oh, you're really um, giving him that, though. You're giving him an E minus.
1: Yeah, an E minus. or, or a, No, not an E minus, sorry. Uh, a D minus. There you are. All right. That's one. all. Right, sorry, I yeah. need to get used to this grading yeah. system. Um, yeah. yeah, so D minus for me. Yeah, definitely. Mm.
0: At least we're not doing the new English system, which anybody from the ages oh, of my, like 21 below is like 1 to 9. Oh, we yeah. now do it like 9 is a star and 1 is a star an e or something i don't know we had to complicate it which is usually america's job they usually complicate Mm. things for for english people but no we we've took it a step further but anyway 23rd is another rookie we have four rookies in a row here um we have Ralph fernandez who i did tip for top rookie and again we're six races in and he has a um he has the current results of 18th 17th 16th 19th and then he didn't start at Portugal because of his injury and obviously withdrew at rest because of his injury as well. So he has missed two of the races due to injury, um, which, again, comes with the package of being a rookie. You know, the crashes are a lot bigger usually. Um, but teetering on the edge of scoring points. And, you know, when he's been fit, he's finished every race, just unfortunately not in the points. So, again, I'm happy to give him a D. Um we're probably not going to go into too much detail with these because, again, you have to look at it from a point of view of how much are we seeing of these guys when they are racing, which is you know what matters. And you know anybody that knows you're not you're not watching the race for eighteenth and nineteenth, but on paper and general progress, it looks like you know four race finishes is important for a rookie. That for me is why he's not in E. If you would have crashed every race, I'd be saying you know on most races I'd be saying an E, but. Um. When fit, he's finished every race and he's teetering on the edge of points. So,
1: D. Yeah, I think D's about right. He's, don't forget, he's on uh, him and Remy Gardner will come yes. on to his second days. On, they're on dog or oh, god awful um, <laughs> KTMs. So,
0: there's only yeah. so much
1: you can do with them. So, I'd, yeah, about a D. D is right.
0: Yeah, the inconsistency of the KTM's is something to take into account, especially when you're not a factory team and you don't have the parts coming in mm. primarily to you, and you know lack of data and everything else. I think Tech Three really need to stabilise and keep, if they can, which we've gone over. But you know, Josh has been very stern on saying they're not going to keep Ralph Fernandez. But let's say they do, I think personally, it's massively important for KTM to at least keep one of their riders so mm. that they can gain some some stability and. Kind of find a bit of, you know, an all round package to go with. I, I think they've been sort of getting a lot in the last few years. Um, so that does lead us on to the next point, which is Randy Gardner. And speaking of points, he has scored three of them. He's finished fifteenth and fourteenth at Qatar and Portimao respectively. So he's finished fifteenth, twenty first, seventeenth, twentieth, fourteenth, and twentieth. Um, so again, finished every single race. Unfortunately, at Herath, he did have his winglet. If you, had, I don't know if you remember going into like out yeah. the second corner, you saw a winglet fly off. That was Remy's. Um, so yeah, that probably didn't help his chances at Herath. But two point finishes, um, finished every single race, and again, nothing to scream about. But I'd be happy to give Remy a D plus C minus ish. Yeah, for, I was thinking for a rookie I mean, on an unperforming bike.
1: Yeah, I think getting a point in your first race and then. Managing the fourteenth, getting two points. I think, um, yeah, a D plus C minus is probably around that kind of ballpark. That's a good. That's a good grade. I think at the moment for him.
0: Yeah. Um, again, just, it seems a little bit harsh for us not to talk too much about these guys. But there's not a lot to go off when no. we are simply going off of on paper. You know, we obviously watch all the racing and the practice sessions and whatnot. Um, but I don't want to judge these guys in too much depth because you know anybody that's in life that's changed from one thing to another quite a drastic jump knows it's quite difficult when you've you've got so many people on your back and in this these guys situation you know the pinnacle of motorsport it's sort of it's a big ask on that sort of bike as well on that on that tech three it's yeah we've we've stated before our opinion on KTM but um Darren Binder in 21st is the fourth successive rookie that we have um he has results of 16th 10th in indonesia um 18th 22nd 17th and retired when he crashed i believe at the second corner it was at Hareth. um so yeah we have that 10th result which was undoubtedly a stellar ride from darren that was an amazing ride from him um I'd be happy to give Darren a C simply because of I and a lot of people did think you know I don't I think Darren will be bottom of the pack and we can only judge him on these six races and he's not the bottom of the pack and not just because of that but a tenth place you know a top ten in um, in Indonesia is an amazing result um, so yeah I'll give him a C plus yeah uh, C C plus is
1: pretty solid actually I think. You know, uh to score points in the in probably the most challenging race so far, I mean, you you can argue that um, you know, wet races kind of show more the talent of someone because it diminishes, diminishes the bike. Um so yeah, it's um it, it's definitely uh he's doing better than what we a lot of us wrote him off, didn't we? Let's face it, coming into this, jumping straight from moto three into moto GP. And he didn't have the best record in Moto three anyway. So it wasn't as if like someone like Pedro Acosta was moving up to MotoGP or anything. It was, it was someone who a lot of people or most people thought didn't deserve to be there. Um, but he's kind of holding his own at the moment. He's not. He's beating Remy Gardner and Fernandez. Um, and that RNF isn't exactly a stellar bike, is it? It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not leagues above the. the K- I'm sure it is better than the Tech free KTM, but it's not. It's not leagues above it. So, no. yeah, kind of pat on the back for him, I'd say. So a C. C plus is probably a, a good a good grade.
0: Yeah. I think anything going into the B's would be if he'd consistently got points. Mm. But one point finish, but a tenth, I think that bumps it up. And again, even besides that, he's he's not done bad. He's held his own, like you say, in, in the rookie battle. So I, I you know, I can fully hold my hand up and say, as of so far, I was wrong in terms of thinking he would do worse than what he has. And I think, you know, like you say, I think mm. holding his own is the right phrase to use for him so moving on to 20th is and this really does hurt me to say this just because of his reputation and his just overall career but um 20th we do have andrea davizioso who has results of 14th retired 20th 15th 11th and 17th so no top 10 finish for andrea davizioso sitting in 20th just one place in front of darren um and I've got to be honest, I know I know we've just briefly touched on it with R and F and Yamaha's issues in general, but for me, I just can't give Dovey anything better than an E. I just can't. I it, it, it pains me to say it, but I think a D would be me saying, You're not doing awful. He is doing awful. For for Dovey's, you know, and Dovey will be saying this to his manager and to R and F, he'll be saying this is awful because a guy that is, I think he's won like what? Like it's seven, it, it, at least ten. It must be like I'm gonna guess at like saying seventeen races or whatever it is in his career. You know, the, the guy. I, <laughs> if you have said in 2017, <laughs> that guy would be scraping it around at the back in five years. You'd be like on a sal-
1: just, on a satellite Yamaha.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know he's well. no spring chicken, but like, wow. Do you know what I mean? It's so where I, he's
1: come from. So the fact that yeah. he's... Just... He was the only one really taking it to Marquez for a few seasons to yeah to to where he is now. It is quite sad, um, but that's it is an e for me. It's, it is. I mean, yes, the RNF bike is pretty poor. Yes, he took a year out, and yes, of course, he's had, he's gone from being on a a V four bike, I think, for most of his career, then to a straight line with a totally different philosophy. So. Yes, there's those things to overcome. And, of course, with his age, he's not exactly going to be able to just adapt quickly to a bike. But someone of his calibre and his pedigree and someone who was doing so well a few seasons back um, to suddenly kind of languish at the back, there's just no real point. There's no point in him really being there, uh, unless he's providing some vital feedback to Yamaha, which by the looks of it, he isn't. no. Uh, it's 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 an E for me if he was on a better bike and he'd not had a year out then he'd, I'd give him an F but I'd give him mm. you know a little bit of benefit of the doubt on the, on them two fronts I um, always
0: thought with Dovey he would always have suited a Suzuki but yeah. that's something sadly we'll never see um, whether it, even if Suzuki stay or whatever I don't think Suzuki are going to be handing out contracts to Andrea of anytime soon based on those results um, <laughs> yeah but we've got to move on. So we're going to go with E for Dovey. We're going to move on to 19th, which is Luca Marini, who sits behind his teammate, his rookie teammate in Marco Buzecchi. We have results for Luca of 13th, 14th, 11th, 17th, 12th, and 16th. So four-point finishes, um, sitting on 14 points. Again, very early on in the season still, but um, four-point finishes. And I've got to be honest, I think it's all right. I don't think it's anything drastically like that's underperforming i think he'll want more as they all do um but yeah he is second lowest ducati yeah, obviously fabio digio antonio being the, the last um I, i'll give luca a c minus i think it's not a cc c plus i think that's when you're you're doing just over all right but i think he's just simmering underneath average i think he could probably do a Me. little bit more um Four point finishes and no crashes so far. So that's why I wouldn't give him a yeah. D. If I crash down a couple, I'd probably be saying a D, but yeah, C minus, I that's... think's my my mm. great for Luca.
1: Yeah, it's uh I don't know, I would I'd, I'd go with a D or a D plus. Simply because he's mm. he's had a year in it already. Um he was kind of looking promising towards the end of last season. It was looking like he was actually really ready to, to up his game and take a step up and then all of a sudden he's he's kind of being overshadowed by his, his rookie teammate a little bit. Um yes he's, he's had more point scoring races um <coughs> than Bosecci. But I think Besecki getting two ninth places like we're going to mention in a second. Um it kind of overshadows Mooney a little bit. Um he is Marini's probably more consistent. Oh. But I guess he should be really, in my opinion, he should be a, not not leagues ahead, not massively ahead of Bicek Busecki, because Bicek is a talented rider, but he should so be he ahead. He should be the one following, yeah, like well, yeah.
0: leading the team, should we say?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think with Marini as well, something to take into account, and it's not a it's not an excuse, but he he is a slow burner. He you know the brothers he, of the goats, if you like, yeah, both yeah, been, exactly. It's, it's, it's the opposite it's, of the the brothers, isn't it? Is Mark's brother is very, you know, takes a few years and. Luke has been exactly the same. Um, again, not, not an excuse, but I think Mourinho will come good. I think he is massively underrated in terms of like, oh, you know, the whole Rossi tag is sort of blown away. But yeah, anyway, the 18th rider, as we've said, is Marco Bozeki, top rookie. And we will just add, um, he sits on 15 points above Darren Binder, who's on six points in terms of the rookie standing. So he's nine points ahead of the uh, the rest of the rookies. He has had results of retired 20th. So, you know, didn't look great for him at the start, but ninth, retired, fifteenth, and ninth. Now, reading those results out that kind of feels weird that he, he is the top rookie, but two top tens for a rookie six races in is very good. Very, very good. Um I would give Marco a C plus based on the fact that. He is in front of his teammate. He is leading the rookies championship and two top tens. I think that's sort of a, an imbalance of you know two retirements, but two top tens. You know shows his pace is very good. And to exactly, finish yeah. races in the top ten as a rookie early on is big.
1: Mm, I agree. Yeah, it's uh, for me, Beze- Bezecchi probably a C. I'd say I go with mm. Marini, say a, a, a D plus. Bezecchi is C purely yeah. on the fact that he's he's the rookie and he's he's got two ninth place finishes but to counteract that again you've you've had the fact he's had a couple of a couple of crashes where marini's not marine has been a bit more consistent so but again it again he's getting two ninth place finishes in your, your first five races of the season um or six races of the season actually and uh is pretty well going pretty good pretty good Ooh. going so to be top rookie um i think he's kind of not blown everyone's expectations away but I don't think we expected him to be top rookie to be honest. Um, yeah. So yeah he's doing all right he's, he's just cracking on and if if he can improve on that then we might see a bit more consistency and a more top 10 finishes so it's looking on track for him to become the, the the top rookie of 2022 at the moment.
0: Yeah um so moving on, we have 17th is Alex Marquez, who is on 16 points with results of retired 13th, 15th, retired 7th and 13th. So 7th place in Portugal, obviously fought it out with his brother, Mark. Um, for me, this might seem harsh, but for me, I'd give him a D minus. I think Alex has been not that great. Um, I, I expect a lot more from him in places like Portimao and Jerez. He looked good in Jerez, looked good in Portimao. I mean, 7th is a good good result but those sorts of results is where I sort of expected Alex to start hitting this far into his MotoGP career, which is obviously his third year now. Um, so yeah, I mean, seventeenth in the standards is not great. It's not awful, but it's not great um, for somebody of his caliber. I think, yeah, I think a D, maybe D minus, might be a bit harsh. I think a D. Um, I don't know.
1: I'd I think a D minus is probably adequate. I'd say D minus or even an E+, plus, if you think. Uh, again, we've we'll probably said this before, keep saying it, you know, we're only six races in, so it's not a full a full season's grading. But so far, who's he surrounded by? You've got Bezecchi, a point behind him. You've got Marini, two points behind him. Uh, Morbidelli's two points in front, who's had some pretty bad offs and has been recovering from an injury. So, and he's on a, you could argue... That RNF Yamaha is not on the same level as the the LCR Honda. Um, so really, I don't know. For me, I I, just, I I feel that he should be doing a lot better. It's his third season. Um, you know, he's he should be more consistent now. He should be further up the 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 pecking order. We're not expecting, yeah. and this is going to be the same for the the other satellite Honda. Really, you know, we're not expecting. <laughs> uh top five race finishes wins. every race or Fair. race wins or podiums but come on really i mean in 17th place i know it's it's probably a, it's probably difficult being on that that lcr bike it's probably not exactly a great bike to ride but yeah i'd expect more from alex marcus to be honest especially with that second name he would <laughs> and actually add to that um on a more serious note than what i just said he got. When he was in that Repsol Honda, he, he started to hold his own towards the end, didn't he? Um, did he get three podiums? Well, he got two? a podium
0: in Le Mans, he got a podium in yeah. Aragon. Yeah. Did he get two podiums in Aragon? I'm
1: not entirely sure. But I know he got, I know he got two podiums that year. If memory yeah, says there, was, I think two. It was looking like he was starting to get to grips with it. And then obviously they've demoted him on to LCR Honda, which was probably a bit, of, a bit annoying. Um, but yeah, for me, he should be doing a lot better than he is
0: yeah no i i agree with that um 16th which is a hard one for me to do uh franco morbidelli who sits in uh sits on sorry 18 points with 11th 7th retired 16th 13th and 15th so not great um when you look at you know that's the lowest factory rider um in the entire standings and i know frankie is obviously still recovering from anybody that knows anything about injuries with with football knows that the acl injury is horrifically bad with um uh rehab and recovery and everything but as harsh as that as it may sound we still have to grade him on the bike that he's on and everybody else taken into account i can't just give him the you know the free pass if you like or the decati tire infringement pass of mm-hmm. letting him off um so i i'll be honest i'll give i'll give frankie an, an e plus Based on the fact of it is massively disappointing, based on the bike that he's on, but with the injury and everything, I'll give him the, the suffice that for an E plus D minus ish. Um, he'll expect more, but very early on. So if if we get to the end of the year and he, you know, he's progressed, that will show that the injury was the more so the issue, because you know he's not gone from Ducati to Yamaha; he's just stayed on a Yamaha. So um, yeah, E plus D minus.
1: Yeah, with well, Frankie again, E plus D minus is, is about right for me. Um I think I got it confused early with the R and F thing. Um I'm kinda of looking ahead to next season when I'm I assume he might be on an R and F, but uh that's by the by. I think yeah, he's uh he's he's had his a, a big injury. Um, so it's gonna take some coming back from that and it's gonna take a a long time before we get to anything like he was in twenty twenty. Um that's if we get 2020 Morbidelli back. It'd be nice if we did because I do feel for him in that sense that mm. he 100 percent deserved. You know, there, obviously there was a few people who deserved the 2020 title, and Mia, but Morbidelli as well. I think he was he was up there. He, he arguably, if it you could say, if it wasn't for the two races in Peres, he, he probably would have won it. Um, but yeah, this season so far it's been quite disappointing, especially the fact he's on a factory bike and. It's not like Fabio's languishing somewhere around his area in the standings. You know, Fabio's first. So, yeah, I think a, a D minus E plus is probably adequate, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Um Alluding to the person that... Well, sorry, we'll go on to the person that you're alluding to with Takanakagami on the other LCR
1: Me.
0: in 15th. Um. Results of 10th, 19th, 12th, 14th, 16th, and 7th. Now, some would argue the 7th is almost a bit of a kick up the arse from Tucker with the whole Iagora yeah. situation, but credit where credit's due, good result. However, the inconsistency of Tucker is what always frustrates me as a neutral. You know, if I was a neutral looking at the, the whole perplexity of the, the, you know, the whole grid, he would be the one that year after year after year makes me pull my hair out with Hmm. you've got potential he's ever so quick look at him on a warm-up it's like but when it matters it's so up and down up and down all the time with him um but we grade them on the first six races now the first six races i'm gonna give him a d inconsistent uh underperforming again it's like you say you don't expect top five every weekend but for Taka, with the position he's in and the, the years he's had on that bike, you would at least expect a couple of near top fives, you know, a couple of top eights to have one, you know, top eight result. It's not great. So, no, it's not. It a D. It, yeah.
1: For me, a D minus or an E plus, because that, that, well. That result in Hereth, that seventh, has kind of saved him from a worse grading, to be honest, because it's just not, it's too inconsistent. It's not, it's not good enough for a for a, a satellite rider, a Honda rider. Again, you know, Alex Marquez is struggling as well. It's not like Alex Marquez is up there in the top five position, so you could say, look, it's it's partly the bike to blame. But you know, Nakagami's had so many seasons is to get it right to. to Have some consistency and he just doesn't. So I think, uh, again, like we all, a lot of us are thinking, he he, it's probably his last season, uh, in MotoGP, I can imagine. Um, Mm. so for me, yeah, probably an E, E plus, D minus for, uh, for Nakagami.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Moving on into the top 15, as we attack in 15th, but further on into the uh, top 15 with Maverick in 14th is 12th, 16th, 7th, 10th, 10th, and 14th, with 27 points now. You know, he's not coming brand new with the probably. he has had a bit of experience with the tail end of last year on it, um, still getting used to the bike, obviously, but same sort of problems with Maverick as we saw at Yamaha with the beginning laps being a problem, you know, full fuel load. And a bit of talk about him not, you know, sort of singing brilliant praises. But we, again, we grade them on on-track results. Three top tens um, and three very below average results. So I think f- simply for that, I have to give him a C, C. Yeah, I think C's about fair. Really? Wow. C minus,
1: maybe. Um, I'm, I'm going with an E. Oh, really? Yeah, I am. This is Vinyales. This is someone who's complaining that the Yamaha doesn't work for me. You know, they need to make the bike for me because my riding style's amazing and all this. And now he's moved to Aprilia. Yes, granted, he's had a little bit of last season than this season, but. And he's already complaining about whether oh, they should be making the bike more to him. And he's not going to change his riding style. And he's already looking for rides for next season, which was a poorly timed comment. Um, considering what's happened. And I just think really just it's just never gonna end, is it, with any others? It's just it's just constant, it's not me, it's it's you kind of attitude, in my opinion. Mm. And it's it's getting a bit tiring now. Um, and I'm sure Aprilia are probably tired of it already. Uh, and it, it, again, what doesn't help his cause is the fact that elish is, what, second, third in the championship? Second. So second. So it's not like elish is, around his, again, around his ballpark figure. So, and yeah, of course, elish has had many, uh, what has he had now, three, four years on that bike? Maybe a bit more? Um, 27... Um, was it seventeen? So five, he... five years now he's been. So yeah, obviously he's bedded in, and he knows the bike like the back of his hands. And yes, they've probably built the bike more to his riding style. But that kind yeah. of tends to what happens is to what happens in fracture teams now. You kind of tend to
0: yeah, that's... build the
1: bike more towards one rider's that's kind the of ball style. game.
0: Yeah, you, you can't. Um, it's like going to Ducati and going, "Why are you not making a bike for me?" You know, yeah. Lorenzo walked into Ducati and they said, it like, "We're not built yeah. for you." You know, the bikes the bike built. Dovin will will neutralize it because of you know the again the size of Lorenzo and whatnot. But it's like Cal Crutchlow said: if Lorenzo thinks he's going to Honda and they're going to make a bike for him, it's not going to happen. That's five times world champion. Do you know what I mean? So for yeah, me, Lorenzo's up there with the best of the best, and it's like that. Yeah. You know, you you can't walk into a factory and go, "I'm the guy." When mm. you've come in as, all right, then, do you want a second ride? You know, and it's well documented. Aleish is the captain of Aprilia. He leads the ship. And if Maverick played his cards right, I'd be looking at Alation and going, all right, I'll work with what I've got. I'll get my head down. And maybe when Alish calls it a day, with him being a lot older, they'll move the bike in my direction, which they will do as years go on if I show my, you know,
1: yeah. loyalty. He and, yeah. and kind of do a bit of what I know it's early on the season, but do a bit of what Jack Miller did last season in terms of thinking, right? I'm I'm the second rider here, I'll be the rear gunner kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, so for me, Vinales is is an E. He's lucky I'm not giving him an F because I was really I'm <laughs> I'm out for giving someone an F for this <laughs> grading system. But Maybe I we can come like, back
0: at the end and you can give him an F.
1: <laughs> yeah, at, at some point. But I feel like I'm out of. Well, maybe the next person on our list is a contention, but I feel like i may be out of out of people to give an F now. So yeah, I think an F Vinalo's for you. Yeah, I think an
0: F I think an F for you is more like a it's like the cherry on top of an E because of how they're being. Whereas the person in front of we're about to mention, I wouldn't give an F just because of his he's got the right head. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah, he he's yeah. got a good head on the right shoulders, whereas Maverick's like he's got the wrong head on good shoulders. So it's almost like you want to be like, you know what, I'll give you a net. And you know what, maybe I'm just being kind of giving him a C because I'm not basing the attitude on it. But I do support the fact that you are in a sense because it is affecting the results and it is annoying. So, you know, I can get behind that. Um, So as we've just alluded to, the person in front of him is Jorge Martin, who surprisingly does sit in 13th, which almost feels like, weird to me because it feels like he should be rock bottom it feels like he's not mm. finished any race um so we have results of retired retired second in argentina eighth in america retired 22nd so literally two proper results they so crashed in the rest as well didn't
1: they
0: he did crash in the rest but he didn't retire because he did get back on no and he didn't the race. But, i mean if you crash um, in a race you pretty much yeah you're pretty, pretty much, much done with that, that from, yeah one in ten are you are you actually getting points aren't you really yeah Um, so two good results i'd say eighth in america is decent you know that's just an all right result um and second in argentina was brilliant result
1: yeah really good results.
0: but josh we have to mention Mm -hmm. four four non-scorers for somebody who is kind of well all but confirmed of like He's the guy that if they do sign for Factory, it's him. Um, 13th, 28 points, thoughts. I would give him... I'd give him a D-plus based on his expectations. I'd give him a D-plus. On yeah. paper, I'd give him an E. But D-plus because yeah. he's got such a high level and he's, yes. he's finished on a podium within the first six. I think you, anyone that's finished on the podium that is not at the front, do you know what I mean? Like not in the top five and finished on the podium shows that you do have, you know, the quality and you've shown the quality by finishing on the podium. So I'd give him a D. Yeah,
1: um, a D minus. Maybe You're
0: you're, you're being a bit more cynical.
1: (laughs) No, a a D minus for me. Um, Again, that first race, we've got to remember it. it, Banyaya took him out. Um, I can't remember... I can't remember what they were fighting for exactly position wise, but I know Banyaya did that move up the inside and that was the that was the end of Jorge Martins' race. Um I think it was sixth, if I'm sorry, right. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't it was okay for a first race, especially Ducati's was back in the first couple of races. It was it was looking bad. Um and then getting that again crashing out at, at kind of um what's Mandalika I mean, it was soaking, wasn't it? So, yeah, you can't really. I, I don't know. I'd never put too much kind of judgment on someone going down on a track that never of a raced race, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So the first two, eh, fair enough. But then you get into like the twentieth in the twentieth position. You're like, here we go. Jorge Martin's back. Yeah, we've got the we've got him back. And then an eighth in America, which was all right, maybe a bit underwhelming, but it's not terrible. Not great, not terrible. And then yeah. all of a sudden, we're parting with the rest. It's just—I don't know. It's just just lost it. I don't know if he's just chasing. I don't know if he's got into a bit of an Alex Rins kind of mindset where it's you're chasing Maybe. results, you're chasing mm-hmm. to kind of get back into the into the good book slash into a good into a good runner form. But of course, the more you crash, the more you want to chase, and the the more you crash. I don't really know with with the moment. It's it's very odd.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? So mm. that's fair enough. Um, 12th, Polis, Bargrove. We have lots of third, obviously, good, good as all podium in Qatar. Then 12th, Retirement, 13th, 9th, 11th. So it's almost like he struck the jackpot at the beginning and Hodder have gone, great, here's our man that's come to support Mark. And then he's sort of just fizzled around 10th. So yeah. for me, I'd have to give D a D. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think D's fair. There's not really much too too much. Sorry to string from poles. No, there's.
1: I think a, a D's probably fine. Again, with that Honda, it's literally. They seem to be in a bit of a a mess with what direction they're taking it in. So I think both riders are suffering in a way due to that. So
0: yeah, eleventh um, Jack Miller, um, which feels weird to say, doesn't it? Like a, yeah. a factory Ducati rider outside, which is same as Frankie, you know. Mm. Um, Outside the top ten. So we've got retirement fourth, fourteenth, third in America, retirement fifth. So only one podium for Jack Miller, which for me kind of screams exit stage left, you know, for mm-hmm. factory Ducati. They're very relentless. It's almost like yeah with a they They're very relentless, you know, typical it's like it's a bit more European sort of
1: mm. you know. Yeah.
0: I I don't think Jack Miller's gonna be a Ducati next year. Um he finished on the podium in third. I've, I'll give him a D plus. It's not awful, you know. The guy is in eleventh, and he's he's what he's on forty two points, which is just under half of the leader of the championship. Mm. Which again, is not great, but for that, I'll give him a D plus. I'll not be too cynical, but you might give him a,
1: a, a no. Actually, I was going to say more like a D plus C minus. Really, I think was it the first race where he pulled into the pits? Yeah, electric problem. Yeah, so again you can't really But again he wasn't
0: fighting for anything, but you don't know oh, if it no, was effective yeah. from the start of the race. So to yeah, be fair to him, it could is. have been, you know.
1: So you could kinda of, uh, kind of be lenient on that one, and then of course you got I mean, you've got three top five finishes, which is kinda of you'd expect from a factory factory Ducati. catty. Um, then you've got that fourteenth nowhere, and then of course crashing out and taking out me with him, which was very annoying to see. Yeah. So yeah, I think like a D plus C minus. One of them yeah. two is, is probably correct, the correct
0: spot. Yeah. Um, tenth, Miguel Oliveira, which feels... I've got to be honest. I, I know I have a bit of a soft spot for Miguel, but it feels nice to see him not right down the... Like, I think last year it was almost like, so frustrating to see him, even in race results, because of the injury and the KTM, so up and down. But he's in tenth with a retirement, a first... And obviously that a great win in Indonesia, 13th, 18th, fifth and 12th. So very mixed bag. We've got a race winner. We've got a guy that's finished outside the points twice and only two top fives with a race win and fifth in Portugal. Yeah. Um, I give him a C plus. I've gone C plus on a few of these, but I think this is sort of the range where you're either underperforming because you're meant to be near the top or you're doing really well. Cause you're not, you're not really expected to be there. I think, That KTM is why I'm giving him a positive result. I think anything above C is positive in a way. If it's C plus, you know what I mean. Anything below is you're doing bad. That Uh, KTM is so inconsistent. Is why I'm giving him a C plus. If it it was on a Honda, a Yamaha, Ducati, I'd be saying C minus D. But the KTM is why I give him a C plus.
1: Yeah, I'd go with D plus. I think simply because it was a great win, great race again. To to storm out in front like he did. That's a, it. It was, it was wonderful to see. Really, someone take command of a, a race like we saw in Mandalika. But that's over half his points hole in that one, in that one race. If you kind of put that to one side and look at all the others, it's just a mixed bag of, of nothingness. Really. I mean, yeah, he got a fifth place in Portimao, but again, maybe because it was boy, he loves he loves well. I say he loves Portugal, the track, but he's got a win there and it's his home race. So that's, that's kind of understandable, but yeah, for me, probably like a, a D plus I'd say mm. um, the wins, the wind saves it, but also it makes up a big part of why it's, a, it's the not, wind the saves down. it from an yeah. absolute
0: rollicking from you. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure he'll be listening. So <laughs> ninth, we've got Mark Marquez, which again, mm. it just feels wrong to say ninth with Mark Marquez. Um, However, we have 5th, did not start because of Indonesia. Anyone that doesn't know why, um, maybe just put Mark Marquez Indonesia into YouTube or Google, and you'll see why. I think we can sort of give him a bit of a get our jail free card for that. And because of that, he didn't start in Argentina. So we have 5th, did not start, start 6th, 6th, and 4th. The races he has competed in, he has finished in the top 6 for every race. Now for me with I mean I I I can't give him a bad grade simply because anybody else that crashed like that in Indonesia probably wouldn't have come back so soon. I think a lot of them would have done but we kind of take it for granted that he comes back so soon and that's insane mm. to come back from what he did. So I'm going to give Mark a B-. minus. It's not where he wants to be. He's a 7 times 8 times what sorry world champion. But that Honda has changed. You know, I I respect that it's changed, and a massive crash. So based on the six results, or in his case four results, you know he's not been on the podium, so that's why it wouldn't be B B plus, but B minus, bit disappointing slash C plus for Mark.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'd probably just give him a solid B. I think Um, simply because he's got. Two top sixes, fifth in the first race, fourth in the ref, and of course missing them two races due to his big crash. Uh on a bike that isn't isn't suited to him anymore and it kind of looks like it doesn't know where it's going with that bike. Um and I think he's doing a, a solid job. Kinda in a way what we expect from Mark Marcus. Um, but mm. I think a B or maybe a B minus, it's it's definitely in the B figure anyway.
0: Yeah. Um, Eighth, we have Brad Binder, top KTM. Mm -hmm. So moving into like sort of realm of competitive now, like not the markets and, and, you know, the others aren't. It's more just, I think top eight is where you start taking notice. So eighth, we've got Brad. Um, Second in Qatar, eighth, sixth, twelfth, retired and tenth. So again, it's, it's almost like that one hit wonder like Paul of, he's got one great result and don't get me wrong, eighth and sixth are solid rides, but we see that a lot from brad he he rings the hell out of that ktm and gets the best out of it but for me that is more the bike than it is brad i just don't think that bike's competitive enough to challenge everywhere each weekend it's the argument i had after indonesia with matt uh, not argument but the, the point i made is it was great at the time to go we would have never expected ktm and aprilia at the top of the championship and i said that's all well and good, but you know by the time we get to Europe and you look back, will they have competed on every scale and every condition, and that point's been proven, and they, they haven't. They've been so, so inconsistent, and that's been KTM's biggest problem, and I think that's come since the loss of concessions, which is why I think people who are celebrating it are well and good, a great you know, milestone to make, but it can also put you in the backside when you start you know, fighting on a level playing field and trying to find that level of, consistency over a full season so again six races in he is eighth. so he's doing good so i'll give him a b um based on the fact that he is ringing that ktm to the highest point and he is the top ktm and he's in the top eight top eight of the MotoGP gp championship you're not doing bad
1: yeah i vouch for that uh for me it's definitely a a c plus b minus kind of area again getting oh. second in the first race a bit inc- inconsistent um eighth and their sixth in Argentina and then a twelfth in America and ever since America it's kind of it's not been great. Okay, mm. crashed out in Portugal. A tenth place. But yeah, I think he's doing the best he can. He's getting the most out of that KTM. So probably a a, a B minus is a good it's probably a solid for me anyway. A solid grade for Brad.
0: Yeah, I just look at KTM and I think you could say, oh this year they've not been consistent. And then you go next year they sorry last year they weren't. The year before they weren't. I think that's the biggest thing they've struggled with is consistency. Whether it be, I think without being disrespectful, the only time they were consistent is the first year when they were consistently out the points. That was here. But now they've got the potential, you know, when the stars align to be race winners, they don't seem to find it the next week. Do you know what I mean? They seem to struggle finding that that, that tweak of being on the podium the next week. They, they had that small spell last year of Mugello, mm. Catalonia, Saxon ring, and then it was just, gone but yeah that's a that's a whole other conversation seventh we have joan Zarco, um you know leading the Primac fight if you like um which is probably why he might sit there and think why is jorge martin getting the ride um mm-hmm. so we have eighth third finished on the podium in uh, indonesia retired in argentina ninth in america second in portugal and retired in jerez now for me Johan's going a bit under the radar because last year was like leading the championship at this point, but I think he's taken. I don't know with Johan, it's so you know you put your chips on him and then he just bins it, or you don't put your chips on him and you go, oh wow, Sharon Zarko's on the podium. It's very hit and miss, but seventh, um, not doing all that bad. Two podiums again. It's sorry to be boring and everyone listening, but it's it's a B, B minus. On a very yep. competitive bike. So yeah.
1: Yeah, like I say, he's got two podiums which saves him really in a way. Um because without them two it's it's been a you could say quite a I don't know, it's so difficult because you've got a lot of these up in the in the top half who haven't been all that consistent. Um so it's difficult to kind of give a, a a solid grading so far. It's of course he's he's seventh in the championship, he's, he's He's riding well on that on that Ducati compared to his teammate, Martin. So you've got to give credit there. So he's got two podiums as well. So yeah. probably a B is right, I think. Yeah. Or B minus, yeah.
0: Um, sixth, and this feels weird to, to list it as this. I, I think it's entirely wrong for me to say this, but I'm going to say it just to wind any Suzuki fan <laughs> up, which I can't say that to you now. Um, the mm. bottom Suzuki <laughs> yeah. um, in sixth, which shows how good Suzuki are at the minute. Is amir with, and this just this is credit to the man because of how consistent he is um, sixth, sixth, fourth, fourth, retirement and sixth retirement, no fault of his own. I will add he was taken out port, uh, in Portugal by Jack Miller fighting for I believe fourth
1: was it. I believe he, he probably would have finished fourth. Yeah,
0: um, he's just so I love Jean-Amir, He's so good. He's so consistent and it's not where he wants to be at the minute. And you look at Alex and go, well, Alex is really bombing unbelievably on the bike, but you can't criticize good consistency in MotoGP, especially where you can get taken out and the people can alter your results a lot more than in F1 and car racing. The guy is so consistent. He brings back so many points through just going, "I, I take what I can get and getting the most out of the bike anyway. For me, honestly, I'm going to give him a B plus. He's sixth in the championship, which is a good result. You know, I think if you're going into the A category, you'd be in the top three for Suzuki um, or where Alex Renz is. But yeah, I, I give him a B plus. I think Jean's just missing that final piece of the puzzle to start fighting for podiums mm. and, and race wins. Boy, solid. Yeah, solid. I
1: agree. I agree. B+. I mean two sixths arguably should have been three fourths three in sixthers. a row got the sixth
0: um, rf as well
1: oh yeah that's what i mean i'm saying like he got two sixths then he would have arguably got three fourths in a row and then he would have got yeah. The sixth. yeah and then we could yeah. argue that it should be a fifth not a sixth if you want to go down that route but mm. um yeah it's been solid he's he's a consistent rider he always has been he rides within his limits he's a smart rider um it's just summer is lacking the summit that means he's not getting those first, second, thirds consistently or at all, actually, which means you can't really put him into the A tier at any degree because mm. he's not got a podium yet or he's not being consistent at that level. So, but yeah, I think got a van, hasn't he yeah, exactly. almost, he's got everything yeah. else nailed down. But, of course, looking to the future, whether that will continue now is, is an, an unknown, but mm. B plus, yeah.
0: Now this one's a very interesting one. <laughs> we have Peko Bagnaya in fifth. Now we yeah. have retirement fifteenth, fifth, fifth, eighth, and uh, first. Now... now I've I've declared my opinion on this. Um straight up, I'm giving Peko pff, a D plus. <laughs>
1: oh.
0: C minus D plus. I think his performances at the start of the year, and people might go, yeah, but the bike, it's like everyone has, you know, I could say that about Frankie. I could say that about Paula Spargo. I could say that about Mark Marquez. I could say that about Maverick. I think because of the form of last year, because of the expectation of everything, you know, new contract, just like I say, the form last year, the new contract, the package that he's on, he should have won a race, and he hasn't won a race because it shouldn't be declared a race win, but still, no. I, I credited Peko after her wrath anyway because I think even with the right tyre pressure, he would have been there winning it or second, wouldn't he, because of the pace that he can set. But, yeah, he, is, he has won a race, um, illegally. But, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so yeah, C-. And I, he's, he's, he's fifth in the championship, but I expected Peko to be... Top one, if not top two.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I um, just
0: did. I, I expected more than one podium.
1: It's interesting because if we'd have made this, if we'd have made this last night, we would not be going on about this Tiger situation, and we'd, we'd be kind of yeah. be, we'd be saying right, twenty fifth, first points, legit. Um, bring it on. Let's let's bring back the old Banyai and let's see him. Mm. Let's see him get some more in, and then mm. it probably would be worth a C plus or something, but that's kind of put a cloud over it now and it's a bit like when well, you could maybe you could almost cover up that result and then just go for all the previous ones and it doesn't look all that like you said like you said it I mean I don't know how 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 under he was on tyre pressure but I'm sure it, it, it probably would have meant it wouldn't have meant he would have finished like in the outside the points mm. I'm sure it, it's not that much of a difference but still it's a it's an issue and I think you got to say D plus, C minus maybe.
0: Well, can I just say this, Josh? If the tyre gate thing does happen the way that I think it should happen and he gets disqualified for Hareth, he sits in 12th behind Polispargro. Mm. So that goes to show, I know we're very early on in the season, but that goes to show how impactful that first place is on yeah. his current position in the championship. And it's illegal, so it shouldn't count. End of. Mm. Um, but you know, two f- two fifth places. But again, what, what, were they the right tire pressures in, in <laughs> Argentina and America?
1: No, do we? Let's just start the season again, shall we? Go back to Qatar.
0: Let's just not do that because of the guy that's in first. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, fourth, we have Alex Rins with seventh, fifth, third, second, fourth, and nineteenth. Um, yeah, what the hell? I'm gonna. I can't. The thing is. I've just meant it's kind of contradictory. I can not get in based on his form last year and then say how well he's doing this year because I've said that about Echo. But I'll give Alex a two podiums, you know, every top, every race is a top 10 finish, barring Jareth. A B, plus, because I still think that an A for me, for Alex, would have been that he's won a race. Um, because he's on a great package and I think the Suzuki should be winning more races in general, but B plus, which is a good, that's a good grade, you know, done very well. Yeah, not, so I too, can't yeah. just give him an A because of how bad he was last year and say, well, you've done great this year, you know. Mm.
1: Um, I think, I think B plus is, cause that's on the same level for me, for Mia. Um, yeah. And I dare say probably maybe an A minus if it wasn't. Yeah. There. Yeah. This last race just gone where it's been a bit. That's-
0: that's exactly why I'm not giving him an A minus.
1: And and his qualifying wasn't amazing. It's almost like at Portugal, if he hadn't qualified so far back, mm. could he have won it? Could he finish second? Who knows? Could have, would have, but, should have, but
0: he still did well with what he had.
1: Exactly. So, um, but it, for me, it warrants a B plus. Really, he's he's been solid, mm. consistent, um, and hopefully that that Spain race is the only blotch on his record, and he can start putting in consistent. Consistent results, and he could find himself in the championship fight come the last handful yeah. of rounds. So,
0: yeah, yeah I mean, um, the top three, barring one of them, is f- I wasn't expecting this a quarter way through. Um, in third, we have Bastianini with first, 11th, 10th, first, retired eighth. Now, people might say this is controversial, but if you think it's controversial, then bollocks to you. <laughs> I'm giving him an A. <laughs> I'm giving him an A. He's he's on a independent uh, bike. He's not on a factory bike. Um, one year experience in the sport. He's won two races and not won them through any you know look or anything. I like. won two races. You know he's he's the top Ducati and he's not even on the satellite Ducati. A mm. A. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I'd. Oh, you could argue
0: A-plus for me. A-minus for me. Yeah, it, I'd only argue A-plus based on how good it is, but the reason I'm not giving him an A-plus is simply because of, you know, 11th, 10th retirement.
1: Yeah. If he finished top eight
0: every race, I'd be saying A-plus.
1: For me, yeah. it's a, I can understand that. It's an A-minus for me. I mean, it's a good... It's an A, isn't it? It's a, mm. It doesn't really matter. Just because it's got a minus, it's still an A. But the reason it's an A-minus is it's dropped on a 2021 bike, which we all know was pretty much perfected um, and just had to twist it and go, really. Obviously, he's still got to finish and all that. You to make, finish first you make that sound like
0: he's got no skill. It's just a <laughs> random bloke. They've got yeah. gone. See, the bike's the best thing in the world. Scooter,
1: yeah. No, but in a sense that he's, he's jumped on a ref as, as can happen when you are with the satellite team. You can dip in in that sense where you can, you can jump on a bike from last season, which is refined mm. and which is as good as it can theoretically get, in a way. With but no you could testing. argue with
0: that with that same thing. You could say, "Why is Fabio rock bottom if the bike's that good?" And you could say oh, he's a rookie, but he is rock bottom. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, exactly. It's um, again it, the rider makes up a massive part of the the kind of the the performance. It's not just the bike, um, and that's why it's an A minus. Really, he's he's won two races. It's just the fact that again inconsistency a little bit. Now, if he won them two races, and, like you said, got. Top eight, top seven, top six, and all the others. Then you could be like, right here, or even A plus. But the simple fact of it's his second year, and he's he's way out riding, out performing and Arguably, Ducati should be thinking should we put him on the bike instead. But for me, an A minus is about right. Think.
0: Yeah, I'm up um, an A minus. So I'll, minus. I'll go with an A. Josh, A minus. Moving into second place, Alish Espargo with fourth, ninth, first, eleventh, third, third. Now, for me, I'm giving him an A plus. Three podiums on an Aprilia. Um it's just insane. Like he's finished every single race. And yeah, winning on a bike that's never won before. That has to be a fact. That has to be a factor in the in the grading. I have to give him an A plus because expectation to result. If you'd have said to Alicia Spargro within this first six races, you'll be on the podium for half of them. He'd have probably given you his right leg. Do you know what I mean? He, mm. It's insane level that he's, he's achieving at the minute. And let's hope he can keep it up because he definitely deserves it. The guy works his absolute arse off and has stuck with them, like we were saying earlier. You know, been very loyal to her at the time, very underperforming project and dragged them up to where they are now. So, A plus for me, for Alicia.
1: Yeah. That- it's it's hard to argue with that to be honest. A plus A slash A plus for me. I don't really know which side of the fence I'm on. um maybe... well, it has to be
0: relevant. I think, it, and I don't think else is A plus. I think if you look at all grid and say who is the A plus rod. I'd have to give it a late. You've got to give them. Yeah. A so if, if, a if, you wanna, if
1: you want to, if you want to say right, someone on this grid deserves an F, and someone on this grid deserves an A plus. You know, for the A plus one, it it would be Alex definitely. But I don't know. I'd, I'd feel like. It's an A simply because of consistency, I guess. For me, consistency is king. It's key. If you want to win a world championship, you've got to be consistent. And he is now. He's got two third places. He's had a first. He had a fourth in the first race. That's consistency. It's just that. And and then I guess you've got the ninth in... In um Manderlake. but again, that was such a, a kind of red herring kind of race. Yeah, I mean, only one you know,
0: race that... outside the top ten.
1: Yeah, he's a uh, one race that's... outside the top ten, but that, but that's a problem when you're doing so well. That eleventh, all of a sudden, looks shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the <laughs> Acosta the syndrome, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so uh, for me, it's a, it's a it's a solid A. Really tempted to give an A plus, but again, I don't know. He's,
0: I'll... he's being cynical today, so he's not going to give. It yeah, yeah
1: I'm I'm quite sometimes I'm harsh. I feel like <laughs> an A plus would be like. I don't
0: know. Podium every race or something so far, maybe. Yeah. Well, where are lay the opposite end of the scale to um to Matt. Matt's you the one being, ah, oh, you know, I'll give him an A plus. I'll give him an A plus.
1: Yeah. He's not or, done that we're, well. We're I'll give him an A plus.
0: <laughs> he crashed another good race, so I'll give him an A plus. Um <laughs> yeah. so now we're a bit more cynical over at this side of the pond. But um our last rider, and thankfully the last rider, as we've gone bottom to top. Mm-hmm. For myself is Fabio Cotteraro, who has a ninth, second, eighth, seventh, first, and second, which doesn't weirdly sound like a top rider, however he is. Um three podiums and every race in the top ten. I'm giving him an A, not an A plus, based on the expectation, however, he is leading the championship, which might be like, Well, why can't you give him an A plus? Simply because, you know, um would have elected not anybody else. Fabio would have expected more in terms of whether he wanted more. He would have expected more than one race win and more than three podiums. However, A is an amazing grade. Um, yeah. No, I, th- I think Fabio has just got better and better as the year has gone on. And sometimes we see it the other way around with a world champion. We see him sort of, you know, sometimes be a little bit, that extra 10th is missing it and he's leading the world championship. You know, let's, let's state facts here. He's, He's leading the world championship. He's finished on the podium three times, in the wet as well, I may add, on a bike that doesn't perform well in the wet, going into his home race. And a lot of races that we've said before suit him. You know, look at races like Le Mans. He'll want to win. Magello, brilliant round Magello. Catalonia won at Moto2 in Catalonia. Germany, podium there last year. Um, Assen won there last year. Finland, new track. Very tight and twisty, might suit him. Silverstone is one there. Austria looked great there. Mazzano goes great there. Like you know, a lot of tracks there that by the time you yeah. get to the end of those tracks, championship might be almost within reins of two or three people, maybe even decided.
1: I think this he's is got good a, form coming in. He has because he's he's kind of he's got points in races where we we yes. knew he probably wasn't going to do well, and then the races well. Man he, he exceeded yeah. everyone's expectations. But then, like Portinho and Hereth, we both probably went in thinking, or most people went in thinking, if Fabio's going to win some races, these are going to be like two it. on the list, and he's managed he's it. Going to drop he's believe,
0: five points. I mean,
1: yeah, exactly. He's 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 hoovering up the points where he needs to hoover him up. Simple as that. And if, like I said, if you want to win a world championship, you have got to be consistent, and you got to you got to take the maximum amount of points available at races. You think you can get him? Um, he's just it's almost like akin to a season last season. I mean, I, I've I need to eat some humble pie in a way because I said, Oh, he's gonna have a season like me did last season where it's just the bike's not good enough, but at the moment he's he's out riding that bike and it, it seems fine. Um, yeah, yes, it's got it's got a straight line speed deficit, but he's top of the championship, so it's obviously not that much of a of a I think that goes to that's
0: credit to Fabio, isn't it? In a sense, because every other Yamaha, the next Yamaha is in 16th. You've got no Yamaha apart from Fabio in the top 15 riders of the world championship, which goes to show that is credit to the man, not the bar. It's credit
1: to him. It's not that that straight line speed deficit is not hindering him as much as we thought it would. Uh, it's, it's proven that he doesn't really need to be on the fastest or a bike that can keep up. You know, obviously, I know you've for, got...
0: Yeah. His performance is unreal. You know,
1: what What we got coming up, you've got, I mean,
0: like, Michello.
1: I mean, Michello the, the straight down there, he, it, I don't think it'll make a difference how long that straight is, because he'll, he'll probably still finish on the podium. Um, same with Catalonia, he'll probably finish on the podium there's a long straight. Kimi Ring, I mean, it's an unknown because we've not been, but that's about a 10-mile straight. So I think for me, I don't think, yeah,
0: yeah. I think if I'm Fabio, I would be disappointed to not finish on the podium at Le Mans, Mugello, Barcelona, Assen, Silverstone, Misano. Those six, I would be expecting a minimum of podium. And if that is the case and ends up being the case, and he gets podiums of five of them, you're worried, aren't you, for the rest of the, for the rest it of the is, field? I
1: mean, I'm already thinking from like I'd say. From me, Zarko downwards, it's that's the championship over for them <laughs> already. I do mm, um, only Mark would probably. Well, Mark that. Could, yeah, Mark can probably pull pull uh, wins and results out of nowhere. But for the rest of them, it's just it's done and dusted in my opinion. Because yeah. you know, look at where Fabio's going to be able to pick up points, and it's most of these. Fabio never, Fabio doesn't crash. He's someone who never ever. Well, such word. He's someone who never ever crashes. Someone who who never slips up. He's constantly getting points, yeah. always. And he's just relentless with it. And no one else can keep up because no one else has really got the consistency. Mia has, but Mia's not not getting podiums or winning races. And it's half the battle. You need both of those. You need to tick those, both those boxes. And and Fabio, I think at the moment, is doing that. And he's, all, he's probably all, already on course to maybe wrap up a second title. I know we're only six races in, but i, I don't, just feel like, don't get my hopes up. i know but i feel like you've got a leash could challenge but we just need a tiny bit more consistency from a yeah um again he could be already it up he's got two third places so he could be getting on but
0: yeah you know, i think the scary thing for me is with fabio is i look at races like qatar america Argentina, his worst performing races that have got long straights he coming out of those three races didn't do very well for where he still expected to be. You know, last year at America, he finished second. If you remember, he, he blitzed the rest of the pack that Marquez did. And that's what's scary about Fabio is he comes out of America going seventh. God, I'm bummed out at that. Mm. Because he knows he is able to get top five podium. And I look at that and I go, if he's if he's top of the championship and he's bummed out at getting... Three top tens at races. He thinks that he can still get podiums at where you look at it and you go, that bike shouldn't be anywhere near a podium at Qatar, at um, Argentina, at America. He has finished on the podium. He has won at Qatar. He has won at America. Uh, sorry, he's won at Qatar. He's finished on the podium at America last year, and he's underperforming, and he's still at the top of the championship. It makes you think for some of these races. I mean, touch wood, touch, God forbid, touch anything for me. But I look at that and I go, you know, if he does click and he snaps into gear that we know he can snap into,
1: I'd be quite worried.
0: I'd be quite worried.
1: It's going to sound really daft, but it's almost as if this championship isn't as competitive as it it looks, really. (laughs) Just simply with the fact that... That that really
0: is dulling it (laughs)
1: It's true because if if Fabio, I wouldn't say he's 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 not hit his stride. I'm not saying he's going to hit his stride, but he's we know he's capable of so much more. And it, if he can start, if he starts pulling away now, then <laughs> because if if all the rest from like second down to sixth, they're all squabbling amongst themselves for for points, he could easily just stretch this gap out to the point where it's just not reachable. It 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 could be a similar scenario to last season where. You know, by went on the charge, but it was too it was too late during the season mm. in the end. So... I think these
0: next three are the biggest three because oh. you've got Lamont who's home race, and I think he'll be dying to win at Lamont. Magello, he was just magnificent at Magello last year, no question, wasn't he? He was just different class last year. And Catalunya, he's always done well at Catalunya. And I think if he can come out, if he comes out of those three races with three podiums. I think it puts a lot of dampeners on a few people in that championship, like you say, for yeah, your Rinsers, your Mears, Zarcos, Binders that go. I mean, Binder probably not, but that think, do I have a chance? They might think I can't keep up with that. Only your Pacos, your Marquezs are going to think I can probably, you know, make that up somewhere else. But
1: but it, you know. it, yeah, it's one of them where it's all right, it being competitive. But if there's one guy at the front pulling away in the championship. Then it doesn't. It kind of doesn't matter if the rest of the field is competitive in the term, in the in the sense of who's getting a podium. Hmm. If if Fabio's the one that's getting a a first, second, third every race, then he's gonna be he's he's gonna be pulling away, and then that'll be it. Because let's if you look at Aleish, yes, he's he's got two third place finishes and he's got a win, which is brilliant. But hopefully, I'm praying he sticks with it. Um, but uh. I, I don't know it. I don't want to say it's a big ask for him. That might be sound disrespectful, but he's not really been in that position before, has he?
0: Yeah, winning a so, race and challenging for a championship are two very different yeah. things. Um, and then
1: Bastinini, I, I don't think, again, because it's a uh, it's a satellite bike, I, I can't see him sticking with it. This um, is what I was saying
0: to Matt, is like when all these other big, big teams start bringing in mm-hmm. parts and start really ramping up the development of the bike throughout the year, do Aprilia have, A, the facility to do that, which I'm sure they do, but do they have the experience and the, the the nows to know what to do in every condition exactly. to get thrown at you throughout a yeah. full year? It's like, I don't think so, but, you know, I don't look at that and go, it's only those two in it. I look at Rins, I look at Mir, I look at Peko, I look at mm. Mark. I think they, for me, Fabio, Alex Rins, Peko Bagnaia, Joao Mir and Marquez are the five I would say are yeah. now involved in that fight. And you might say that's a bit unfair and a bit disrespectful to those that are within those Five riders and not been named, but I think those are the five that either have won a world title. Alex Rins being the only one that hasn't, but Alex Rins' performance at the minute and the performance of the bike can push them further. Now, again, it, we can sit here and set yeah, six racers in, in it. You know, it's very early on, but I don't know. I, I think it's it's like I say, it's early days. I think those five are my yeah, five. It, to it be is careful. five.
1: Um if, if me, Fabio again, wins
0: in, in Le Mans, I think that will give him a lot of confidence. Well, of I don't think he will, yeah. but I, in the Discord, which you can join if you're listening, you can join on through Twitter or however you want. But um, a lot of people have been making the predictions, and Fabio has been the top of the list from a yeah, lot of people.
1: He's looking good for it. He's got the momentum going into it. Yeah, I think Suzuki. Meant to be seen. I, again, Rins and Mira are going to want to are going to want to perform for future contracts for teams. But you hmm. fail as a team, Suzuki, ah, could things start to li- maybe unravel now in a sense of, well, that's at the that. end of the season. What's the point kind of attitude? Um, Banyaya, well, I mean, he's on a roll or he's, it looks like he might have found his mojo back, but if it, if it happens at which you think it should and he loses them 25 points, then that's all of a sudden... He's down to, what, 12 13th in the Championship? I think he should.
0: I don't. I just don't think he and will. I think Don will end up letting it go.
1: Yeah, and that would be one hell of a mountain to climb. So, yeah, we'll see. It's all to play for for, for um,
0: yeah. Le Mans. I will just say this. I'm looking at the current Le Mans weather schedule, and it's giving it out on Sunday 70% chance of rain.
1: Oh, yes, please.
0: So, oh, again, I love chaos. Le Mans all, oh, yeah, it always provides a bit of chaos. That is why I don't think Tororio Win in the mod if you if at that you know sort of like you know sort of making things up as we go along and sort of just you know I look at that and I think can you imagine the fear if Fabio won a at Le Mans and being a wet Le Mans yeah that, I think I'd be half oh. the grid probably went no I'm done
1: yeah I'm <laughs> We're sure talking about here. like he's won every
0: other race huh. but if he pulled that off, like wow, because I look at Indonesia and I go, give him another five laps, I, he'd, he'd have won. He'd have won. Mm. I genuinely think he'd have won that race, another five laps.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> Fabio's well, know. he's someone who he's someone who knows who knows when to take a few points, so he might get Limon. Uh, he might he, he might think I could win but, this, or he but might it's think, that home you know race
0: what? lure, isn't it? It's that home race, yeah. I've always wanted to win it, he's never won it. And coming back as a champion for the first time ever, it's going to be a big expectation to pull out a result. You never know. It's, it's a flip of a coin, I think. I don't think he will, though. I, I, just on that point, predictions for Le Mans. I've got sure. a Ducati win sure. or a Marquez win for me. I think one of the factory boys, maybe Pekka or Marquez to win because it, cause it's raining it's, and Marquez is brilliant in the wet.
1: It's difficult because, again, a dry and a wet race, you could have two different podiums, really.
0: Um, but what about what about a wet race? Because Ducatis do well in the wet. Has joan Zarco first win and at home?
1: I think it is possible. It, yeah, Zarko wet race, but then Brad Binder you got to watch out for mm. because he he can do okay. But then Oliveira, he might it might be another wet 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 race where he thinks yeah I can win this. It's
0: Gioan <laughs> Zarko winning at Le Mans. That would go yeah, down a treat, wouldn't be, it?
1: That'd be amazing. Yeah, it would indeed.
0: So is that your prediction then?
1: Um, it depends. If we're doing a wet race... I Let's say
0: wet race, fully wet, start to finish. Fully
1: wet, start to finish, Jesus. Yeah, I could see... I could see Zarco pulling it off simply because of, you know, home race, things like that. But then again, Oliveira would be up there, I reckon. Brad Binder would probably be up there. Um, it'd be sort of... Predictions wise, I'm rubbish at them. I'll get it wrong. I probably care. Some <laughs> we both to are. Yeah, <laughs> we both are. And Matt's no better either. So yeah, damn
0: like better than me. But I'll, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go for Marquez to win. peco slash Jack Miller second, third, vice Ooh. versa. I'm
1: going Zarco to win. Oliveira second. Uh, Fabio third.
0: No, really, no factory yeah. boys on the or Mark.
1: Um, Mm, I think Michael Bennett. Do you? Because he'll want the win, and he'll win at a bin it Bennett mentality. Um, well, he, has is... every, he
0: has finished every race that he started.
1: That's true. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, to be fair, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of harking back to last year too much, where it was totally different circumstances. So, yeah, um, it's too tough to decide.
0: Yeah. Well, that wraps up everything that we've um, wanted to cover for today. Um, if you follow us on Twitter, it is at Red Sector Motor GP. Um, follow Josh on Twitter, as mentioned earlier, at Red Sector Josh new account. So get that followed. Uh, you follow myself at Bruno GP underscore and Matt at Matt Polanski one on Twitter. If you have enjoyed this um, episode, feel free to leave a review, give us a five star rating, or a like, or whatever it is on your platform that you're listening to. Um, if you want to join the Discord, that is in my dis uh, my Twitter bio, and it's also in the red sector mo g p twitter bio and with that keep the throttle pinned <laughs>